what's going on everybody thanks for joining me for another episode is Roderick z the far side of midnight and i have steve lamoth here did i say your name right uh yeah yeah that's that's pretty close <laughs> better than lamoth or you know Lamoth, i've had yeah. butchered like a lot more than I, that <laughs> <laughs> i feel like i put extra emphasis on the on the consonants but pardon me pardon moi um <laughs> Anyway, Steve here has a YouTube channel. He is a content creator and he is a magician. And where can we find you? Uh, I'm on YouTube. I've been on YouTube for about two years now, uh, give or take. I think I started back in October 2019. Mm -hmm. um, pretty much just, you know, check out like, you know, Eslamoth uh, or you can, uh, is probably what you because I really don't have like a, a title for my for my page, more or less. Um, probably also search me through like a gallery of magic book reviews or stuff like that, and you'll I usually come up, you know, because I don't I don't know of too many people like um, reviewing gallery of magic books, particularly left hand path people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, I never thought of it that way. Like. Uh, when I've typed in gallery of magic, like, uh, um, I, I wouldn't get like a whole lot of reviews to be honest. I mean, I've had some, like some like really cl quick clip ones, but, um, I think you may have been the only left-hand path one that I saw that was doing reviews. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've, I've had people call me the, um, luciferian with morals i was like you know, <laughs> with morals it's with morals i was like <laughs> we Thank all you. have morals man i mean uh, <laughs> um uh let's see so uh i'm uh i'm also known as dreaming crow or little dreaming crow uh, a lot of people will probably know me by that name um i also go by somnus uh dread raven is my left hand path name um not too many people refer to me as that though um i've been on and off a little bit over 30 years practicing uh magic um when i first started back in the late 1990s um there wasn't i mean there was like a lot of there, there was material out there through like llewellyn publications and a few other publications but uh, I kind of went into Norse shamanism at that time. And at that time, not a lot of content on Norse shamanism in books. So it's like I had to take practices from other shamanic practices and then put it together with like some Nordic practices some rune work and whatnot. And eventually I kind of got something that kind of worked for me. And I did that for a little bit. Um, uh, I, I took a little hiatus uh, at, at a few points uh, throughout my career. Um, back in 2013 or 2014, I decided to kind of go towards chaos magic, and I did that mm -hmm. for a little bit. Um, I've been on the left-hand path for, uh, I think I started books like, buying books in 2017, but didn't start actually working with them until like about a year after that. Um, as far as left-hand path, like authors that I kind of go with, uh, I'm very familiar with uh, Become a Living God, so B.A. Coetting. I, I have his complete book series um, on, on uh, his first, whatever, like nine books I think he did. Mm -hmm. 
Um, not not to do my gatekeepers, although that is like on my list to get. Um, they did like Kingdom Kingdom of Flames and uh, a couple other books uh, in that series. Uh, Azimuth Mason is uh, by far probably one of my more favorite authors. Uh, the, Dracon favorite. the Draconian current uh, author. Uh, Draconian the, uh, ritual yeah, book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, yeah Draconian ritual book. Uh, Rites of Lucifer. Um, Awakening Lucifer, uh, Chance of Belial. You know, there's, she has a lot of books out there. Her, her and Bill Dubendak put like a lot of books out through mm -hmm. um, Temple of Ascending Flame. Mm -hmm. And uh, they also do like their own work, obviously on the side. Um, the Garretts, um, I'm, uh, I kind of get, you know, get along with the Garretts, uh, Barbie Garrett and uh, J.S. Garrett. Um, can't think of too many other left-hand path authors out there at, at the moment. Or Lee oh, Connolly. <laughs> uh, Stephanie Connolly is another one. I think okay. I think her books were like the first ones that I bought, actually. Okay. Yeah. So. Okay. I'm I'm not familiar with her. I'm I'm a little bit familiar with EA Kuwaitic. I don't have any of his books, but I've I've seen some of his videos and uh, some of his like you know collaborations with other content creators. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So. Um, yeah. Okay. So you were describe. So you were a left hand path magician, and if you don't mind me asking, what what is your ap approach? Do you have like a more ritual approach, a, dracon a draconian approach, or do you still kind of do like a more of like a chaos magic approach, which would just change through depending on whatever you're doing? Um, uh, I still kind of go through like the uh, <clears throat> uh, chaos magic approach a lot. Um, Really, what I've been doing a lot lately, and I'm trying to get back into it because uh, I've been doing a lot of path working with Lucifer. Okay. And, um, I went through uh, the Rites of Lucifer book, and I finished that. Um, and I had some really good experiences, especially towards the end of the book. And I actually have a picture of my right hand where uh, after I had done like one of the rituals, I actually had um a scratch on my hand <laughs> yeah really and, interesting and it, it was it was uh it was um actually i have the book right here in front of me um trying to think what ritual it was uh so you did the ritual and a scratch appeared on your hand upon completion of the ritual yeah, it was, uh, I believe it was the invocation of the adversary. Yeah, because like the, when I was doing like the invocation, um, I was I was doing the invocation and I had my ritual dagger in my right hand mm -hmm. and it was pointing up or, you know, in, or in the manner that it said in the book. And I mean, you know, you're talking like, you know, a 13 inch ritual dagger and when I got to the point of, it was talking about tasting the fruit of knowledge. Okay. Um, and I read it and I finished the invocation. And again, remember I, I had my dagger in my right hand. So there's no way that that blade's gonna like, you know, end up right. cutting my right hand, you know? <laughs> it's like physically, you know, physically impossible. Mm -hmm. And um, I envisioned myself reaching into like a briar, like a briar patch of like blackberries, 
because mm -hmm. like, you know blackberry is like one of my favorite things so i i envisioned that when i was reading that invocation and we all know like you know you reach into a, a briar patch of blackberries you got thorns in there right and i, I envisioned reaching in there grabbing some blackberries eating them and then afterwards i put the dagger down opened my eyes and there was literally like a two to three inch scratch like right on the back part of my hand here and i have a picture of that if you really want me to like show it to you but wow um i was like i was like holy sh shit <laughs> I was like, uh, uh. <laughs> that's pretty gnarly man yeah i, I mean, mean it, it kind of reminds me of um of stories about like something out of like magic and mystery of tibet from uh, alexander or david neal or some sort of like tibetan you know there's a, there's a lot of stories about tibetan mystics doing right. ritual doing rituals with different entities and demons as well and things like that happen to them they would get like burn marks on them or something you know just some kind of physical phenomenon would happen right there. Yeah, yeah that's kind of what it reminds me of yeah man that's pretty crazy like so um like how long did it last i mean how long did the scar stay on your hand uh a couple days, two, days two or three days yeah wow and then uh i think the the other one i really had like really good results with uh i did the uh shadow companion ritual again in the same book mm -hmm. and that night i went i laid down to bed i was I normally I'm actually kind of in the process of moving my apartment around a little bit. Mm -hmm. But I was sleeping here in the living room and my door is my door to my apartment is right here, you know, right to my to my uh, left here. Mm -hmm. And I remember waking up a couple hours after doing the ritual. I I laid down, I went to sleep, and I woke up and I acknowledged a shadow figure mm -hmm. standing right in front of my door. Like I actually seen a shadow figure and I acknowledged it and it was sitting there looking at me and I was like, I was like, okay, in the morning time I woke up, I was like, man, did that really happen? And I know it did because I was like, I was awake when I saw it. And that kind of like, kind of like freaked me out a little bit at, you know, in the morning time I was like, man, that really happened. What am I getting involved with here? <laughs> <laughs> what, do you, what do you think it was? Um, I, I, actually think it, I, I actually think it was, you know, the um, the, the uh, child companion of you know, the Lucifer, you know, in that particular form, as the book describes. Uh, you know, the, the book does describe that um, he may appear to you like within a couple of days, like in that type of form. Oh shit! <laughs> you know, so um, I was like, I was like, okay, and, and they were like, well, if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. If it does, it does. Right? Yeah. And uh, but I mean, yeah, it's I mean, it's serious stuff, you know. So uh, I think the last uh, the last ritual I done was in the Awakening Lucifer book. Um, I want to say it was the Peacock Angel ritual if i'm not mistaken awakening um, is that an asanoff mason book yeah yeah that's actually asanoff so mason thought, and yeah. okay. bill Dak. yeah um yeah the rights of lucifer is like the first one and then awakening lucifer is the second one so, okay yeah um i really i, I had um, a lot of uh dreams of that and i've been like a lot of gnosis with that and uh, i've i 
really haven't done any for like three or four months now. Um, just because I've been like going through like a lot of transition in my life to begin with. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, a lot of heavy, a lot of heavy dreams with, with some of those rituals myself personally. I don't know what other people have experienced, but um, I've had to go through like a lot of personal transformation these last few months, uh, particularly, uh, you know, diet wise and a few other things. Uh, I've come down with a lot of physical food allergies that I didn't have before. Mm-hmm. And I had to uh, leave my last employer because I was uh, in food manufacturing and um, I developed allergies to like a lot of grains and garlic. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I just, I can't work in like in food like anymore, like restaurant work or manufacturing mm-hmm. work. So I do, right. indus- I, I do industrial manufacturing now. So. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Right on. Right on. All right. So um, thanks for sharing your, your stories about the specter and everything too. That's it's kind of interesting. I like hearing <laughs> stories like that. Um, I've had some experiences like that as well, like many, many years ago though. Like it seems like every once in a while something, I mean, not like necessarily a dark figure will appear, but like I've had in my personal life off and on like different things like that happen. Um, yeah. When you said that you made me think of 2009, I was, staying at a, at a girlfriend's house, you know, like an ex-girlfriend of mine from like a long time ago, we kind of had like a, not a very agreeable relationship really. It was like sort of like off and on, like disagreeing and just, we, we, we just weren't compatible, but there was one night I woke up in the middle of the night and I, and I, I, I could have sworn that I saw the Grim Reaper standing at the edge of the bed, like just a black cloaked figure. And she didn't do any witchcraft or uh, magic or anything like that. She didn't have any kind of, she had a Buddhist background because uh, at the time that's really what I was more or less diving into um, the like the Zen practice and stuff. And she was more to like Tibetan practices. I mean, she really didn't do it. It was more aesthetic, I think, that for her. But um, yeah, like like tall, dark figure. And I and I've seen it several years before that in another relationship <laughs> as well. <laughs> Yeah, same kind of figure just big black like you know cloaked like looking and i've always been drawn to to kind of like dark imagery i'm an artist visual artist my whole life i've always done fantasy art horror related images and stuff um but i also like to draw happier stuff too i don't know it's weird uh anywho so Okay, so your approach, getting back to your, your magic approach, your magic approach uh, is more or less kind of like uh, a chaos magician as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So when you, um, are there any particular demons or, or angels that you like working with that you're more drawn to that you can have, have had a consistent relationship with, working relationship with or anything like that? Or do you just kind of change depending on what you need at the time? Uh, I pretty much just kind of change depending on what I need at the time. Um, okay. Now, like now, when I was I was when I was doing cast magic, you know, I was still very fairly much right hand path, and um, I I started I think I just kind of started doing the podcast. I didn't know why. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I knew I wanted to do something, and or not the podcast, the, the YouTube channel, and I thought, well, why don't I just like you know 
review some books that I like, you know, I, I thought, you know, I got plenty of occult books, you know, and um, at the time, I really liked Gallery of Magic books, um, Game of Brand, and, you know, a couple of the other authors. Um, I really liked their approach. Their, their books were small, mm -hmm. and they didn't, they, they didn't put in, like, a whole lot of crap like other books did. I mean, they kind of, like, got to the point, you know what I mean? I and, agree. I agree with you there. Yeah. And um, there were, so they were concise and they were very usable and you, you got results. And, and for me, I got results like fairly quickly. And that was like one of the reasons why I, I liked them so much and why I still kind of recommend them. And um and then I started to get the idea, well, why not I like, I was like, I see other, you know, magicians on YouTube, like doing rituals and stuff. Like, why don't I walk people through the ritual? And I started attracting like this following. I have almost 800 subscribers and um, at the moment. And uh, I started attract, I found out that I was attracting particularly people of, um, uh, how can I put it? Like, uh, just like foreigners, basically, like people from Mexico, people from the Philippines, uh, mm -hmm. you know, people whose like you know native language isn't English. And I, I, I don't know why that was, but that just seemed to be like what I attracted a lot of. And people were like, "Well, you know, I, I'm sorry about like if this to come out right, my English isn't that great, you know." And then I'm like, "Well, I seem to be attracting like a lot of these people." So that was like one of the reasons why I kind of went through like the demonstration to kind of show people in case if they're missing steps, because that was like one of the, like another thing I was like getting, I was finding a lot of people were saying like, this isn't working, you know, I'm like, well, did you do this and this and this and this and this? Oh no, I missed that step, you know, or oh, I didn't know I was supposed to do that, um, like little things. And right now I'm kind of like in the process of coming up with like a follow along series is when mm -hmm. is what I'm probably going to start doing where I'm actually performing the ritual for you. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, all you have to do is pause the video at certain points and put in your own implication in your own request. And then you, you know, press play again on the video and, and you finish it. That way, if you're concerned about pronouncing any words of power incorrectly or you're you know concerned about forgetting like steps it's like you don't gotta worry about it because you know i'm like kind of taking care of it for you nice uh, so, so That's a good idea i'm, I'm kind of working on that um so that means i gotta like go through and like do like re-recordings on like a lot of videos i've done <laughs> <laughs> but which is fine it'd be know? worth it i think though yeah yeah i, I, think, I so. think it would be worth it um, and so uh, the other thing I seem to find with my subscribers is a lot of them are downloading pirated copies of books, not just Gallery of Magic, but other books. And, I, and, and that's kind of like one of my pet peeves is, you know, the greatest thing that we can do for any of these authors is purchase their work. I mean, because they're, they're working very hard to put these books out. Right. And, you know, you, you, you get a pirated copy of the book you don't know if that book is complete which i found that some books you know are missing information in it or they're missing 
like sigils or something like that. And uh, I mean, that's a, that's the greatest thing that we could do for an author is pay them for their work. I remember seeing a comment on YouTube, uh, one of your comments, uh, I, someone was asking like something like, I don't remember, recall which video I don't remember, but someone was saying like, we're going to get like a pirated copy of this book. And you were, and you, you responded like, um, I will not provide like links like that to support, support the authors, you know? You yeah, know? yeah. 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 No. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm very ad, you know, adamant about that. Um, so you know, definitely. Um, yeah, but I, I kind of uh, just kind of go off with, you know, whatever I need at the time, uh, whatever I'm dealing with. I, I, you know, Lucifer is pretty much the only one that I've stuck with up to this point that I've oh, okay on a very regular basis. So, okay. Um, and that's because of being, you know, a theistic Luciferian. You know, I, I see Lucifer as like an actual being, you know, um, bringer of light, uh, which is, based, you know, just acronym or just another way of saying like illumination or um intelligence or you know learning about things and becoming enlightened so uh because you have like a theistic luciferian and an atheistic it's kind of like satanist right. you have you have atheistic satanists which are kind of like uh the you know, the satanic temple for instance you know they're kind of like really political and they want to get make sure people have like all their rights, you know, just like every, everybody else. And then you have the theistic type, which actually see it as a religion. So uh, yes. Luciferianism is, is, you know, same way, so. Yeah, I've, I, I think uh, when I come across um, Luciferian content creators, I think about maybe half or more than half tend to be sort of like uh, non-theistic Luciferians, you know, like right. it's, it's kind of like an archetype, but then um, the other half are like theistic. I'm about to have a a non-theistic Luciferian on, on this podcast, like the next, the following episode, actually, which is going to be interesting. Either the following or one after that. I don't I have to see it my calendar. Anyway, but um, so you see Lucifer as an actual angel, like an actual uh, being of light. Yep. Okay. Um, do you see Lucifer as a fallen angel? Or, or just like an angel of a, that just inhab, happens to ha inhabit a different realm that wants to help humanity? Like, do you seem like that's like an adversarial kind of a character where he just wants to bring light to humanity, you know, bring us out of the dark? Or do you see him as an actual cast out from a, from a, uh, the Yahweh kind of being? <laughs> um, I, I kind of see it as all, all those in a sense. I mean, he, he is an adversarial being to begin with. Um, now, again, you know, I, I follow E.A. Wedding's work and, you know, Connor Kendall and a few other ones. And I, I remember Connor Kendall was doing an interview with uh, E.A. One, one time. I think they were doing, it was right before they were releasing the Compendium of Satan. Mm -hmm. And Connor Kendall's talking about, like, how he, he wasn't, like, wanting to do that work. And he had gone through like you know the other eight demonic gatekeepers at that point, and then he's like, "Well, I'm not going to do this." And then he's like, "Well, Satan basically appeared to me at that point and said, oh, no, 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 you don't get to like do these other eight and then like stop and not come through my gate.' <laughs> mm -hmm. It's like you're, you know, um, you know, you're going to finish this." And um, he talks about how before, like, um, 
I've always seen Lucifer and Satan as two separate individuals. You know, I never connected the two. But you know, after I listened to that pod, after I listened to that interview with them, um, Connor Kendall's kind of like saying how like associating like Beelzebub and Lucifer and Amemal and all them, they're all just like different aspects of Satan, just like you would have different aspects of Odin. You'd have Odin, Wodan, and Wotan, and, you know, different uh, spellings of the name, depending on what aspect you're dealing with. Just like you have different aspects for Yahweh, Jehovah. Yeah, Abraxas, Yahweh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. so, um, and, you know, and and, and the word Satan is is really, and I did a two-part um, video on this on, on my channel uh, where I just said you know Satan was something made up from Christianity because if if you look at like um, the Hebrew like the the Old Testament which is what a lot of Hebrews go with there is no Satan in the book you know and they'll they'll tell you that you know if you look at like Isaiah forty uh, chapter forty five it talks about how God is the only one and he he says you know i make wheel and woe i create light and darkness i the lord do all these things so they're they're talking about like god is basically good and evil right if he right. needs if he needs good done he sends whatever celestial spirit you know to do that if he needs you know a town to be destroyed by an earthquake you know he sends you know another spirit you know or, or like a celestial spirit to do that um, so Satan is just, uh, a word that describes an adversary or an accuser. Um, an accuser is more like a prosecuting attorney. And of course, God has that in his court, you know, and we can see that a couple of times, you know, in, in the Bible as well. Um, I know you're probably thinking like, wow, Luciferian, like reading the Bible. <laughs> oh yeah. Some people, some, some of the listeners may, may be thinking that for sure definitely but, yeah <laughs> you know but, but but it is you know i mean like um but but that's 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 what he has he, you know he has people or he has spirits for certain for certain things but now nowadays so you you look into like hebrew groups there are some hebrew groups that do believe in satan now you know in the last couple hundred years you know different different groups have emerged and whatnot um, but back then in the Old Testament, Satan was just, um, it wasn't a proper noun. It was just another word used to describe uh, an adversary. And I, again, I, you know, in that, in that two-part video series, the first one I go through six, uh, six instances, instances where people were referred to as an adversary or a Satan. Mm-hmm. And then in the second part, I go through four parts where a celestial spirit is is seen as a satan mm-hmm. or an adversary towards an individual um and more or less i kind of end up concluding that um over time you know as as, as a society goes moves forward certain things are lost particularly like with the hebrew uh, people like there was a uh, inter um intertestamental period where three to 400 years, there was nothing being written during that time. But the Hebrew, they've gone through, like they were going through wars at that time. They're going through famine, devastation, 
So um, if you have like a Gaia.com account, um, like I watch a lot of Gaia TV, I listen to uh, Michael Tillinger and he's describing how like a society that goes through war, um, they go through war and they lose a certain, a certain percentage of their knowledge about their culture. Mm-hmm. Okay, they go through another war, they lose another certain percentage of, of their knowledge and their culture, um, and so on and so forth. So after you've gone through six or seven wars, um, you know, you, you're only left with about 1% not of, of your knowledge because uh, historical buildings are destroyed, uh, you know, religious documents are destroyed, teachers uh, are separated, um, they're executed, all sorts of things. So when you're going through like say 400 years of, of wartime and famine and all that, and um, people are dying, people are being scattered. And then you have the emergence of Christianity towards more towards like the first common era. Okay. Um, there's probably gonna be people that don't have access, you know, in that faith like the Hebrews, you know, for instance, that have that actual knowledge to tell them that, hey, Satan is just a word saying adversary. And I'm thinking that they, I, I think that they couldn't, uh, like, phantom the idea that their own God was responsible for good and evil deeds. And they were more or less looking for scapegoat in this point and i think that's where they came up with satan um and somewhere in the middle ages um satan did start the word prop like properly did start showing up in um the bible a lot more at that point and i think that that was just because they were really looking for an adversarial being um you know at that point to to you know put things on you know as, as a scapegoat more or less and now, uh, and so we have Satan today. Satan, to me, I think that they created like the, the greatest egregore that the left-hand path community has like in the arsenal now. Because, you know, they, they fed into it for like 2000 years that, hey, Satan exists, you know, and- Oh yeah. And now, and now we have that, now it's actually taken a life of its own. So now Satan actually does exist in a sense that you know because they created it yeah satan's a a pretty popular guy because uh like when you were going through the history what came to my mind was how in um pagan cultures if i can loosely use the word pagan in uh sure europe indo-european cultures there was no there was no such thing as a as a satan figure right you know how how they ended up the christians ended up adopting the the appearance of satan off a pan and like you yeah. know kernanos and um like horn horn gods and whatnot and just created this like figure and um <clears throat> excuse me and like i grew up i didn't really grow up super duper christian uh my you know religions in my family are quite mixed but they're definitely abrahamic yeah. but um but catholic <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> a lot of catholics end up be, becoming atheists not, not usually going towards magic you know some of them some do though some do for sure i guess many do but um yeah so like 
Satan, I've always like when I remember being a little kid and thinking that Satan lived in the earth, like inside this hole in the ground, have it had a kingdom. When I was, I was like five, you know, then maybe when I got 12, I kind of started going, I don't know if that's really a thing. <laughs> you know, thanks to me reading books about, about other cultures and going, well, they don't see it like this, you know. Um, but uh, yeah, anyway, yeah. So, you know, what you said about uh, the great, one of the greatest egregores, you know, being created is interesting though, because um, there are some theistic Satanists that will say like those, those Nazis on the Joy of Satan website. <laughs> <laughs> you know what i'm talking about right um no no to be honest with you, you don't know oh man okay so all right well, that's I mean, fine i mean it sounds, sounds kind of interesting <laughs> it, it's it's really interesting you know i'm also a fiction writer i don't know if i told you that but it, um so i have a i have like um I, I created these gods in my fantasy realm and whatnot but like i was on this website once because someone on youtube put this link to a website called joy of satan i'm like what is this <laughs> i'm like they're like if you want to learn about satanism and i i've never really been into like levain satanism and stuff i don't know it just because to me like um this is just my personal opinion I hope i'm not pissing anybody off but sorry not sorry um the idea of working with dark energies and like trying really hard to like be dark i've always found it to be kind of cheesy um although i do admit Anton LaVey was a pretty interesting guy to me. He was pretty interesting. He was a musician, very talented guy. Um, but anyway, so the joy of Satan is his website and it's about theistic Satan, Satanism. And the whole website just explains like, I mean, I, I didn't, I scrolled over many different links in the, within the website and to them, Satan is their God. Like how, you know, some Luciferians will say, you know, Lucifer's or God, you know, this group of Satan, Satanists will say, yeah, Satan is a God. And we, you know, we want to go to his, uh, his hell realms after we die. And, and then um, you're probably going, well, where are the Nazis? <laughs> 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 well, a lot of people um, have been associating, there's like rumors that they're Nazis. So when you go on the website, uh, the joy of Satan.org, somewhere on there, it says, uh, african-american satanists and it says we are not racist because we have african-american satanists involved in her priesthood or her church but the jews are the problem for racists i'm like wow and i'm like <laughs> i remember sending this to one of my friends who's jewish and you know, it was like look what i found nazis still exist you know <laughs> and it's it's, it's it's like it's actually quite laughable hopefully i'm not pissing anybody off but if if so then this is not for you I was raised Catholic and um, I was very much the, I'm still very much the avid reader, though more, I mostly read occult stuff now than anything. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, I was always, I was reading stuff on different religions, like when I was at that age that I wanted to you know, change. And I, I think um, what did it for me, like what got me involved or interested in the occult was like old Julian Sand movies. Remember Julian Sand? Yeah, yeah, he, I do. He, he did the Warlock series and mm -hmm. he, he was mm -hmm. the, he was the doctor in, in arachnophobia. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, Julian Sands did it for me. I was like, <laughs> ah, that's awesome. 
I wonder if I could have that kind of power like when I was like, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, you know, you know when, when, you're, when you're like 11 and 12, you're like thinking like weird crap to begin with, you know? And then it's like when you actually get involved like with the practice, it's like, oh, it's really not like that. Oh, okay, well, you know, I'll just keep going and see what happens, you know? Uh, <laughs> but um, my mom did not like the idea that I was reading about buddhism and other other religions uh she's like if you're gonna if you're gonna read that step type of stuff you, you you're gonna move out of the house you, if you're not gonna be like part of the the family's religion then and practice the family's religion then you need to you need to leave and eventually i did <laughs> i was like okay okay <laughs> i'm not a problem you know and then um I kind of struggled a lot, like my first couple of years, because you know, I didn't have a lot of money, and I was like having to buy supplies and all that. So it's like, anytime that I like ever got like a huge check, like my like my tax refund checks, I mean, it was like going to like buying supplies, like for me to practice stuff, you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah. So. Um, yeah, so I, I, I see Lucifer as, as actual being to learn from. Um, I don't necessarily see pride as like, you know, as a bad thing, you know, because, uh, you know, we, we know that you know, they say Lucifer was very prideful in, in himself and, and other things that, that he did. Um, I think... Luciferians and Satanists, for that matter, I think we see it um, the worst sins possible that you could actually do isn't like the seven deadly sins, but it's more like ignorant, you know, someone who doesn't um, self-educate themselves, uh, someone who's like in like, you know, they don't have tolerance for like you know, other other people or other points of view. Um, I think we're generally more, you know, we're, we're, we're trying to, we try to be more open to other ideas and, uh, points of view and, you know, not being, not being tolerant or, or being ignorant is, uh, you know, of something is, uh, probably the, probably the worst thing that I can think of. The opposite of light. You know, since, since the light you're, we're talking about the light bearer, right? You know, like light knowledge, uh, yeah, notices, yeah. wisdom, things like that. That makes sense. Okay. So what about, um, because like, I think in a, here in the West, you know, you and I both, um, being Westerners, I'm, I'm assuming, are you American or Canadian? <laughs> Actually, I'm both. <laughs> oh, you're both. Okay. I was just kind of, yeah, yeah. I, I, you can't tell sometimes. So like, I just, I don't want to assume that you're American and that. No, I'm no, that's fine. Right. No, my, my yeah. parents are from uh, Quebec and they oh, okay. um, immigrated here back in the 60s, like, like late sixties or so. Okay. Um, no, that's kind of a coincidence to be bringing that up and you're saying, like, oh, actually I'm both. <laughs> and then um, what happened was uh, I think uh, a number of years ago, um, I was the only child of four born here in the U.S. So I, I got it. I had Canadian citizenship or I had American citizenship. Um, my brother and two sisters were born here in Canada and 
Um, my brother, I still think, retains his Canadian citizenship because he he goes back and forth between Toronto and, and his home uh, here in the U.S. Um, but I think there was a point that I lost my Canadian citizenship because of a citizenship law they changed in Canada. And then I think in 2009, they reamended that that law that said that if you are a child uh, born in the first generation to Canadian parents abroad, that you know you you now have your Canadian citizenship back. So the only thing is that I've not lived in Canada. I've I've thought about like maybe moving there at some point. Mm-hmm. But I've, I've never had a, a residence there. So it's kind of like a little difficult for me to, you know, make that, you know, that uh, immigration into Canada mm-hmm. and move there like on a permanent basis. Uh, I that's, see. You know, yeah. that's, that's the only thing that's kind of like holding me back. And a lot of people would be like, oh, well, I should just like, you know, talk to like family. Well, I should like live with family. I'm like, yeah, I haven't talked to my family in like 20 years. <laughs> that would well, be a little odd it, yeah it would be a little odd to show up on the doorstep oh yeah by the way i gotta live with you for a little bit <laughs> you know I'm trying uh, to emigrate here just establish a residence um yeah that would be a little bit of a problem so. <laughs> yeah i i was just kind of curious because like uh you know with, with with the accents you can't always tell but um, i was gonna sure. say like where i was going with it was um being like Westerner, basically, whether we're Canadian, American, um, mm. South American, mm. you know, from the UK, uh, we have this, we have a very dualistic way of looking at the universe between good and evil. Yep. You know what I mean? Um, and uh, even the name Yahweh is like the dual nature of God. You know, you have Yah is like light, way is dark. And um, since Satan has been, has become this popular guy, probably just as popular as Jesus. He's probably just as popular, I would think. Uh, we have this way of looking at everything, you know, is just divided, you know? So, um, yeah, so what I was going to ask you, though, is, uh, okay, so you're a theistic, you're a theistic Luciferian. Yep. You see Lucifer as an actual um, being, maybe I shouldn't say angel, but a being of some sort. So, and and you've you've kind of given me and the listeners a pretty good overview of how you see Satan as well. Uh, so I'm, I'm taking it that Satan to you is like more of a concept, not a, not like an actual being. Right? Well, I, I I think he's more of a being now again because of egregore, right? Like more because well, yeah, he's I would say he started out more as an egregore, and now he's actually taken on that consciousness to mm-hmm. to like a physical state. So Lucifer would be like. Um, the light like the light aspect of of that being and satan would be the dark aspect so you know you got like you know since oh i see okay you know what i mean yeah oh yeah yeah that okay totally totally makes sense all right um what about some of the other uh angelic beings like like uh azazel or like shumyaza like any any like do you work with any any beings like that you work with like uh any of the goetic spirits I've worked with the Goetic Spirits through Demons of Magic and a couple other books. Uh, I've done some path working with them as well. Not a whole lot of path working with any of the Goetic Spirits. Um, it just really hadn't um, been like a big issue for me. 
Yeah. You know, I've always just kind of like stuck with um, Lucifer more or less. I, I wanted to get like a better understanding, you know, in that sense. Um, but I mean, I've, I've worked with angels, you know, throughout like my gallery of magic books, you know, 72 Angels of Magic, for instance. Mm-hmm. That's a good um, book. Yeah. yeah, it is. It was like one of my first books along with like magical riches and wealth magic and i think um magical protection i i think i got all like all four of those like at the same time mm-hmm. i started out with like ebooks because they were like so so inexpensive you're, and then you're later, cheap. yeah later on i ended up buying the actual physical books um just so that i could get access to even though i had the the sigils in the in the digital copy of the books and, and they still work obviously I just like one. I like ha- I like holding something in my. You hand. like having a tangible copy of the book. Yeah, I'm kind of so, I'm, I'm a little bit like that too. So so I I, w- I photocopied the sigils and I cut them out, and uh, I don't I don't have one here, but like I cut them out, mm-hmm. and in order for them to stay like in, in good shape, I took like thick packaging tape, mm-hmm. and I taped it over the front and the back, and then I kind of cut around it, and then kind of like laminating it. Yep. Yeah. yeah, I kind of laminate a little bit, and then, uh, and then that way I can hold on to it, and you know, basically feel it and see it. Nice. Uh, um. Oh, and uh, magical cash book was another one. Uh, that was like another book that I had like right in the beginning, and I had a lot of success with that book because um, that's where I got my uh, a lot of my commissions from when I was um, working in. Uh, uh, I was doing like resort work. I was working at a front desk at the time, and we earned commissions on people who would, uh, you know, either people came in off the street or they wanted to stay over a night or two or they wanted to upgrade or whatever. We earned a commission on that, depending on what it was. You know, it could be like ten dollars or seventeen dollars, whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, I was doing a lot of work with the magical cash book at the time, and I was always asking for like a sum like around $400 or any extra $400, any extra $500, you know, and this money would always come through, through my commissions. Nice. I mean, you know what I mean? It's like, I mean, you want to be open to like where the money is going to come from to begin with. And that, and I was, but this is a way that it just materialized to me because it just seemed like the easiest path for the money to come through. Right. Right. So, so at times of the year that were like sometimes the slowest, when no, most nobody was getting commissions, they're like, how is it you're earning $500 in commissions this month? I'm like, uh, it must be magic. <laughs> <laughs> and they, they looked at me and they're like, and they didn't understand, you know? And then, yeah. like the second month, and the third month, and the fourth month, and they're like, "How are you earning this extra money?" And I was like, "It's magic." <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I like it—the mystique. <laughs> and and uh, nobody understood that line except for like one person, mm-hmm. because he also was—he was a practicing Wiccan, and he's like, "I understand what you're talking about." And I was like, "You do." And then he told me, he was like, yeah, my wife and I are wicked, you know, and I'm like, oh, okay. 
than like you no, understand. You're, <laughs> you're a part of the club somewhat then, you know, yeah, yeah. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's how the money came through and you know, that extra money came through for me. And uh, it was it was pretty good, you know, it was, it was fantastic, you know, the, the way that, that it just worked out. And um, I always try to tell people, it's like, if you're willing to put the work in, you know, you're going to get results. You just have to be, you have to be open about it and, uh, and just keep, you know, like plug away at it, you know, more or less. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Will like, uh, the key, um, you know, like in my work the key is like your will, you know, put your will, your will behind it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I feel will and intent are like the most two important parts of your, of your magical practice. Yeah. 100%. Um, other than that, it's, um, uh, uh, I, damn it, I, I wrote this in a, in a response to somebody, I can't think about it, but will intent, will and intent are, are your two most important things. Yeah, um, absolutely. It goes a long way for sure though. Um, yeah, because like it can take, it can take us a, like past, it can help us surpass the conditioned thinking, you know, like, uh, everything is about programming out there. You know, that's one of the interesting things about chaos magic is like, you kind of go beyond that. Uh, really any magic if you apply it, but I'm using the example of chaos magic since it's like belief is more of like a tool than just, you know, like latching onto something for like long-term um, as things in a universe tend to change like our universe. I mean, but um, I have another, I have, I have like a couple of other questions for you as well that yeah. I want to, open up another can of worms here um so <laughs> like to um to you what is an angel and what is a demon because i know like um most of us having like a christian western kind of background catholic background islamic background you know we're told that angels are good beings and demons are naughty beings you know or, or agreeable disagreeable beings but uh, as a Lucifer, coming as a Luciferian, like what is a demon? What is an angel? Like what are some like advantages of working with one over the other or both? Or you seem pretty open to both because um, some several left hand paths are like fuck working with angels. Anything that looks like it's from the church, I don't want anything to do with it. You know, <laughs> I've seen that so many times, man. I mean, I've seen like to the point of like. I mean, just, just like going to one side and, 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 you know, one of my earlier episodes, the mages of the middle path episode, that's kind of like what I was talking to Hunter about. It's like, some people tend to get very, very polarized, you know, like it's, it's like, there's nothing wrong with like, I don't think there's anything wrong in calling yourself, a, you know, LHP left-hand path or anything like that, or middle path, whatever you want to call yourself. But, um, you know, we're, we're always in like a state of flux. There's a state of flow. Magic is always flowing. It's a flowing force. You know, and, and um, when people are like, they want to work with Leviathan, and then if you mention like Raphael, they're like, oh, fuck that. I want to work with that, man. Those energies are like, ah. I mean, I kind of feel like that's that sort of like attitude is like being kind of closed, you know? I've worked mm -hmm. with Raphael a little bit. Yeah. And, and, and Lucifer even told me to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was. I was, I was, I was, I was looking for something and I was looking for like a healing ritual or something like, I was looking to like do some healing and I was just like sitting there and Lucifer kind of came through and he's like, you know, you can invoke Raphael for that. And I was like, 
And I thought, I was like, you're making a joke, right? Telling me I should like invoke Raphael for that, right? You know? He's like, no, you should like really do that. And so I was like, I mean, they actually get along pretty well, you know, and, and that's actually not unheard of. I, I heard of that from actually a couple other left-hand path people where they were like, yeah, I've invoked Raphael and Lucifer in the, in the same room at the same time. And, and, you know, they're, they're fine together. So, I mean, yeah, I've used Raphael a little bit. Um, as far as like, what is an angel? What is a demon? Um, first of all, I think an angel is not entirely good. I mean, they're, they're supposed to be for like the betterment of humanity, of course, but um, I mean, I've, I've met some angels that can, like, just fuck you up, you know? <laughs> I mean, they're, they're not gonna, they're not gonna, like, you know, I mean, Angels of Wrath is, like, a, is, a, is a good... Um, I was just thinking about that, Gallery of oh, Magic book. Is, yeah. a good, is a good book to mention about that, I mean, uh, and that's, and as I've told people on, in that book, you know, with that book, it's like, you know, um, Actually, I just dealt with a, I dealt with a guy a couple of days ago. He's like, well, I'm not getting any results of this. And I'm like, well, you know, I always tell people, it's like when it comes to like, you know, attack magic, you know, you really got to get down to your, um, like your feelings. You really got to put your emotions into that. You really got to dig into that hatred about that person and what they did to you and all that. You really got to bring it to the surface because that's going to fuel that, you know. You can't go into an like an attack magic ritual thinking about you know sunshine and kittens playing with balls of string. You know, it's, it's not going to work because 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 the, the the angels aren't the angels are going to be like man you're giving me like mixed emotions here. I don't know what you want. <laughs> you know I mean you know, you really you really got to go in there with with that. So, so, so you got to be you got to become like a Sith, I guess. And yeah, 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 more or less. Um, but I mean. Demons can do as much good as angels can, I think, and and vice versa. Um, I know some people that I know a lot of people that won't work with demons. So a lot of right hand path people, they're like, I won't work with a demon, you know. And I'm like, why? I don't understand. It's like, you know, and, and I think that they're they're not very open to the idea because Hollywood just likes to make things, you know appear a certain way you know i think hollywood is right you know what i mean it's like oh okay a demon will do that i don't want to fuck with the demon then you know i mean um, i mean once upon a time there wasn't really much of a distinction in like you know they like mesopotamian like ancient you know uh ancient times because like demon comes from the word daemon daemon was just like another word for spirit you know just like there wasn't really like much of a not much until the church kind of got their hands on it and then right. Satan came into the picture. And now we have this duality, this dualistic way of looking at all spirits. You know? yeah, Damon, Damon yeah. more or less just meant um, like divine intelligence mm-hmm. or, you know, or a teacher in some senses. So, um, and that's just really the way that I, I look at them, really. They're, they're, they're just, they're a being that, They've been around for like so long that they, they know they know things I don't know. And I think, um, and I've read this quite a few, uh, quite a bit in other books where, uh, a number of books actually, where uh, demons are, 
I, of course, I see them as a, as an ally, you know, as as a left hand left hand path addition. Um, but they're here, you know, because the, the more that they help humanity, the more they ascend. Just like you know, the more that you know, the more that we do certain types of work, we ascend as well. You know, we're we're working we're working towards ascension, just like they are. You know. Um, are they going to just give you whatever the hell you want because you know you you called them up and you asked them for it? No, they're gonna they're gonna make sure that you follow through with your part of the work. You know they're not gonna do they're just not gonna give it to you. You know if you say that you're going to you know, make changes or, or you want to you want to do things, you have to do your part of the work. You have to do um, what you need to do in order to make that happen, and they're gonna help you. But you got to go through those those physical steps first <clears throat> um, for for them to get to that point, mm -hmm. you know. So um, and uh, so like let's say if you like want to be like really um, <coughs> feeling, let's say you know you want to have like a real successful internet business or something like that. And let's say it's not like not doing like really good in the beginning or for a while. And you're like, well, like, I wonder what the blockage is. You know, I, I don't know what's happening. Well, they're going to show you like what the blockages are. And they're probably going to tell you what they are. And in some cases, one of those blockages may be you as a person, because maybe you don't want that success as much as you say you do. <coughs> mm -hmm. You know, because you're not like wanting to go through like certain certain steps you don't want to go through the work or whatever mm -hmm. and um so you really need to decide at that point is that really what you want and if if that is what you want then you got to learn how to step out of your way in order to, to get what you, you know in order to get that uh, so they're not afraid to 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 do that to, to show you that you might be part of your own problem and that you need to change and that can kind of turn a a lot of people off, you know, because sometimes they don't think that they are part of the problem when, when they really are. Um, stepping, out of, stepping out of our own way, you know? Yeah. Yeah. What do you think about, um, okay, yeah, that, that, that was that was a really good explanation about demons and, and angels, like especially the part about like, so angels are kind of like this high, higher, I don't mean like higher isn't good, but an aspect that kind of uplift humanity and then like demons sound like these really ancient like beyond ancient types of beings also in their own ascension that are more or less could be like allies so what do you think about um the idea or the concept of demons and angels just being a part of her psyche like a like Jungian psychology like like a lot of not a lot of non-theistic luciferians and non-theistic oh you mean like like demons like being a part of your like subconsciousness and yeah yeah no like they like they can represent the animal nature you know kind of like at one point crowley thought that the 72 demons of the goetia were like 72 uh parts of the brain but like of course later in his life he kind of ditched that idea and actually saw them more as like tangible more tangible beings you know um yeah um I think it. I think it has its. I think it might have its merits. I haven't like read a lot into that. You know, mm -hmm. I, I have heard about that. You know, obviously because I have read a little bit of Crowley in my days. Um, 
but um, I'm, I'm not certain I could like actually touch on that too much, you know, but I, I think it has its merits and, you know, I mean, you know, obviously coming from, you know, that aspect, um, you know, I try to remain open a little, you know, as much as possible when it comes to new concepts and, and ideas. But, uh, yeah, I'm not certain about that. So. Okay. But I mean, I, 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 I'll go ahead. I, I do believe that demons will come through to you as um, the way that you perceive them, you know, to be, you know, when, when you do an evocation, if, if you're going to do an evocation, you know, for them to appear before you, how you perceive them like subconsciously or, or consciously, like if you see a demon as like when you watch a movie or something like that, they're grotesque and, you know, they're, you know, spitting fire or whatever. I don't know. Um, I mean, that's, that's probably how they're going to come through to you. Mm -hmm. um, you know, when, when you do evoke them. Um, but uh, I think a, a lot of them, you know, obviously, I think that's, that's something that you need to deal with it, you know, as a, as a person or as a practitioner, like, do you really want to, deal with that all the time or <laughs> it's like you want to see something scary bitch now i'm going to show you <laughs> <laughs> you wanted it now you got it <laughs> right yeah i don't that's uh <clears throat> have, you, have you worked with um jen before jen no um you know i have a book on jen magic um Uh, but I really haven't used it. I'll be honest with you. Um, you know, I've got quite a, you've probably seen my bookcase like right back here, which mm -hmm. is, yeah, you know, has, has a, quite a few books on it. And some of them, I like the one, all the ones on the top shelf, I haven't like read yet. There's a lot of dozen up there, but, um, I haven't really worked with Jen. It, it, well, I'm going to take that back. Um, if you look at the Magical Cash book and Magical Riches from Gallery of Magic, they explain that the spirits you work with in that sense are jinn in a, in a sense. Really? Um, yeah. Um, like Natika in the Magical Cash book um, is considered more of a jinn spirit. Um, <clears throat> which um, Again, I've I've had pretty good results with, so I don't have a problem with that. If in certain there are certain rich uh, rituals in the magical riches book where you're calling upon uh, three or four gin spirits um, for like a particular reason, uh, mm -hmm. you know, whatever you know, whatever the ritual calls for. Like there's like some for gambling, and there's some for um, just creating like long term money, and there's some for short term. And, and so on and so forth so uh in that in that aspect i mean i've used them in that aspect but um any other way really i, I haven't you know um so i i i'm not certain if i could like really touch on that one too much to be honest yeah okay. yeah, <laughs> so. yeah i got i got it so you so when you started this work, you started out with uh, like angels, and then you found demons. You found uh, did you find demons first or Lucifer first? Um, well, uh, demons. 
just goetic demons actually is what I first started out with. Um, the demons of magic book from Gordon Winterfield. Um, okay. And then as, as I, the, the way that I got involved with Lucifer was you know, back in 2017. I, uh, <clears throat> you know, again, I started buying books at that point. I, I got the Draconian Ritual book, some of Stephanie Connelly's books. And uh, I really didn't start doing that reading until like 2018. Um, and then at that point, I just kind of like, I was reading, I was watching like a lot of EA wedding stuff. And he was going through like the demonic gatekeepers. And um, I kind of more or less just kind of pick one to kind of go with, like to kind of start out with. And I, I don't know why Lucifer just kind of like popped out at me. You know, I, you know, I don't know why, but it, it, he did. So, I mean, that's kind of like what I ran with. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, so here I am today, you know, I am would things be different if I chose Belial, you know, as opposed to Lucifer? Uh, maybe, probably, you know, because Belial, Belial is very well known for getting rid of things. Um, you know, you got problems, you'll get rid of them, you know, or, uh, and sometimes he'll, he'll get rid of things that you won't think is a problem. He sees it, you know, he knows where it's going. And like, you know, relationships, for instance, you know, he'll, he'll tell you, you got to get rid of this relationship. You got to get rid of this person. And you don't understand why he won't, he won't tell you why um, in a lot of cases or some cases. Um, but he knows that, that that's holding you back. And so he'll, you know, get that out of your way. Mm -hmm. um, and obviously, you know, uh, you know, other, other, uh, demonic kings or, or lords or whatever will will do their their part obviously. Um, now I haven't worked with like Shemyaza too much there, um, or Zazel. Uh, I've been wanting to work with Zazel actually for a while, but mm -hmm. I just I haven't like come around to it yet. So. Yeah, Azazel or Azazel, however you, uh, Azazel, I've, I've heard many different pronunciations of, uh, he's always kind of intrigued me as a pretty interesting um, concept or spirit. You know, um, I was listening to, uh, are you familiar with Damien Eccles? No. Okay, okay. Damien Eccles is another, um, he's probably what he's probably one of the more premier up and, up and coming occultists who... I mean, I hate to say he's probably more famous for being a part of the West Memphis Three, which, you know, they're that as teenagers, they were um, accused of murder in West Memphis, Arkansas. And he spent like almost 20 years in solitary confinement and he became a magician from his stay in prison. Uh, however, like uh, like he has a YouTube channel. You should just check him out. I really love to get him on a podcast. Now, if I could ever like reach out to him or but he's like he has two books out on high magic so his practice of magic is more sort of like golden dawn-esque kind of like aa system sort of like more like that uh very angelic very much into the angelic realm yep um yeah so but he mentioned he had he had a video like a two-hour video man i listened to the whole thing like a few months ago he had it out and he was he was talking about um the book of enoch and 
I actually read, reread the book of Enoch with like that week after listening to it. And I can kind of see. So anyway, so uh, his idea of the book of Enoch were uh, Shemyaza, Azazel, like the other angels, they are basically like, um, they could have been like powerful kings, powerful, like anointed kings that kind of took over and did their, whatever they were doing. Yeah, he didn't describe them as being bad, but um, he didn't say that like Azazel became like an egregore after that. But like, you know, we get this idea that it could have like, you know, the ancient history, like long after here we are, we have like this idea of the, um, what does his name mean again? The scapegoat. Yep. You know, the scapegoat. So like uh, people, like uh, they use them for different reasons. You know, I guess like demonologists use them for, different things or you know orthodox jews might do like a ritual you know for him to bear their sins i mean he just has like so many different uses but uh damian eccles had he just had an idea that um shimyaza and azazel were they're like just like powerful like rulers like human rulers that may have been like seen as like um angelic beings you know which is kind of an interesting i've never heard that before you know no yeah i haven't either yeah <laughs> Now I uh, I belong to a couple of groups on on uh, Facebook, Scottish Witch, for instance, um, it's a group I belong to, and um, uh, Zarafina Angelis, uh, who's the um, girlfriend to EA Coiting, that's her group. Okay. So you know, um, it's her Facebook group, and uh, she's she's a wonderful she's a wonderful person, uh, real real kind-hearted, uh, beautiful woman. And uh, she, she, she's always sharing like photos of her. And EA, like, I, I think EA went to go visit her uh, just recently for like a couple weeks. And they're like putting up pictures of them. And there's like a lot of us like rooting for them. Like, yeah, come on, man. You guys are like this great looking couple, man. When, when's the wedding gonna happen? Let us know. <laughs> but um, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm the reason why I'm putting her name out there and her and her and her group out there is um, we all kind of like look out for each other in a sense. You know, it's like a lot of us have businesses, or a lot of them have businesses, um, and we'll we'll pass, you know, we'll pass that stuff around like word of mouth, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So um, I know she has a business where she's doing some consulting and some ritual work and uh, she's got a store front, I think as well. Uh, I forget what she's selling, but um, I mean, you could probably get her to, to like on your, on your podcast. I mean, you know, if, if that's somebody you like wanting to get on your podcast, I mean, that she would be a great person to talk to. I will reach out to her then. You know, yeah. I yeah. mean, definitely. Uh, I, again, I like the Garrett's as well. And uh, the Garrett's, obviously, they do like, they have a whole, if, if you know the Garrett's, probably Garrett, J.S. Garrett. No, you haven't. I mean, if you're, if, if you know about Become a Living God, you, you sometimes know about the Garrett's because they're usually, you know, on there with uh, EA or at least yeah yeah to be honest um I don't know a whole lot about EA coding like I haven't I don't have any of his books I um I've seen many videos of his and I've seen him on other people's platforms quite a bit you know like I've seen him like being interviewed by other 
like occultists and things like that. But um, yeah, I'm not familiar with the Garrett's. New to me. Yeah. Um, I can't think of what their can't think of what their website is called, but um, yeah. I mean, if you're looking for like more left hand path practitioners, you know, I mean, you know, for stuff for like your podcast, and those would definitely be people I would I would reach out to. You know. Okay. Yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll definitely I'll definitely do that. I'll definitely will. You know. Yeah. Because uh, I I want to give listeners and also I learn a lot myself as I kind of dive into this and I'm looking at all the different synchronicities personally with myself you know like uh, I repeatedly come across obviously um Luciferian stuff uh, Azazel like those 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 things are always like popping up you know um, I haven't done any goetic work but I know a really good friend of mine one of my best friends is a ceremonial magician who's really wanting to get into the Goetia himself. He's been preparing for months, you know, kind of just reading very thoroughly. We both have the same um, copies of the Goetia, the same versions, I should say, the, the, the Essen Mathers and Crowley version. But I also have Dr. Rudd's Goetia. You know? I, I like Dr. Rudd's version a lot better than, than Crowley. It's a, really, it's a really good one. Yeah, Dr. Rudd's a really good one. You know, um, I mean, there's there's obviously a lot of, inaccessible items that we can't get in the 21st century you know like i don't i I live in an apartment so there's no way in hell i'm going to be able to forge my own ring outside or in the full moon it's just not going to happen you know and i'm not going to i don't really feel like sacrificing a bat or any kind of animal as well no the, no, the, the, the idea of sacrifice is actually not what a lot of people think it is or you know, we always hear from like the church and stuff like that. It's like, oh, they're they're eating babies and they're sacrificing goats. Or Blood. Yeah. You know, uh, I mean, that's really not that's really not the case. Um, well, de- like you know, demons and magic, they kind of go away with a lot of that. And I mean, it's okay. It's an okay book if you're right hand path and you kind of want to work with them because um, those spirits are more constrained because you're calling on an attending angel as well as um three constraining angels to keep the demon in check in order to do like one of the three rituals in the book yeah it's, the, it's basically this basically like a solomonic approach you know like yeah. like using certain angels to kind of keep the the demons contained although some some magicians really hate that idea of having them contained yeah, yeah. yeah. i've kind of kind of moved away from that idea really myself um a little bit as of late mm-hmm. Now, if you want uh, Dr. Rudd, I think is, you know, has a pretty good approach in that, or uh, I can't think of the author's name, but the book of Smokeless Fire. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't remember uh, the author's name, but I know I know what book you're talking about. Yeah. Ken, Ken, or I forget his name, or S. Ben Cayenne, or is it Q-A-Y-I-N or something like that? I have the book on my shelf myself, so, but. Huh. I'm trying to look it up right now, actually. <laughs> book of Smokeless Fire. Um, may I ask, what made you get away from the con- the containing idea, like using angels? So when you work with the demonic realms, do you just use, you just evoke demons and you don't 
bring any angels angels for what do you do for protection if you need any protection or maybe you don't need protection um usually when i go and do my rituals in that sense i'm just mm -hmm. doing like uh i do a luciferian banishing um ritual um which i got out of uh ford's book um book of the witch moon um and then i you know cast my circle and then i, I just kind of go from that point you know I, I do my ritual i i use a mirror for that myself personally oh um, okay um now regarding sacrifices though um and this is where i i get a lot i get some heat from my community um uh, when i do when i do videos because I'll, I'll mention like oh you know i use blood on the sigil um you know for my offering and they're like you're not supposed to do that you know, the book says you're not supposed to do that i'm like well you understand that again i'm a you know, as a left-hand path practitioner, we understand we understand the idea and the need for sacrifice. You know, and our blood is probably like like some of the most valuable um, sacrificial item that we have. You know, and I, I think EA wrote like a little a little. Um, uh, I read it in his um, anthology of sorcery um, book because I, I have a three-volume book on that. Uh, he was like doing a uh, uh, he was at a conference for a bunch of Golden Dawn members and he was talking about how human sacrifice would be like is like the you know best sacrifice out there you know for something like that mm -hmm. and I forget his whole explanation on that but um anyways I'll I'll do that I'll I usually use a blood sacrifice and it's just pricking your finger with a you know diabetic lancet. Now I've seen some people go a little more out of the way and actually, you know, cut their, you know, cut themselves with the, with the ritual blade or whatever. Um, and there's no need for you to, to go that route. I mean, you just, I know a lot of, a lot of us just buy diabetic lancets from the store, a couple dollars, prick your finger with it. And that's all you got to do. Now I know, um, a couple of cultists and remember the, the idea of sacrifice is giving up something that is um that is precious to you or you know that is valuable to you so i know some left-hand path people that will do the animal sacrifice but i mean this um i know an individual he'll buy chickens to do that they're not your garden variety chickens i mean you're talking about like a chicken you know he'll spend 60 70 80 dollars on and he takes care of this like it was like his family pet. I mean, he's watering it. It's got like, they have like, you know, a great enclosure. They're, they're well-kept, they're well-fed. And, and so he's putting, you know, he's putting a lot into that sacrifice so that when it comes to that point and he does do the sacrifice, um, you, the, you know, obviously the demon is, is accepting of it because he's giving up something that's precious to him. He's, put like a lot of time and energy into that. So that's understandable in that sense. But um, we just don't like, needlessly like sacrifice just any old thing. Usually, again, the majority of us is just, you know, pricking our, like one of our fingers with the lancet, um, putting the, you know, putting the blood on the seal and, and then going forward at that point, you know. 
Hmm. But um, but the Gallery of Magic books um, don't they 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 don't require that like the pathworking books and the Demons no. of Magic they don't require anything like that. No, all all pathworking really is, and pathworking has been around for a, a lot of centuries. That we're just kind of like getting back into it. We're kind of like refining it. <laughs> all pathworking is is instead of you invoking or evoking the demon here, you know, in the in the material world, you're kind of meeting them halfway or meeting them in, in their um, their realm as far as like through meditation and a lot of the and all, all the demons um, in the in path working they have like uh, a meditation in order to connect with them as far as like where they like where their home is or where they reside at and the in, in, in the meditation it kind of tells you like three or four things to, to think about, like something will be like uh, a rusty sword in a pool of water. You know, that's like maybe like the first part of the meditation. Like the meditation will always have something physical and something colorful and something like regarding like scent or something like yeah. that. Yeah, like a burnt <laughs> wood smell or something that can kind of yeah. connect you to it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then you're kind of then you're you're meeting the demon at that at that point you know and then you're conversing with the demon at that point so that way it it requires less energy for the demon at that point and you usually get a better connection and um it's not oh uh, as threatening as you know like if you're constraining it like under under other normal circumstances like through ritual work or something like that mm -hmm. um and uh even though like some some practitioners will say that's like not an issue and they haven't they haven't encountered too many issues with that um it becomes a little more favorable for that demon to kind of work with you at that point and i mean and and who wouldn't i mean i would be a little more favorable to work with you as you know if you weren't like having me in handcuffs for instance you know what i mean <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean it's like Fair enough, yes. I, I, I want you i want you to give me what i want but i'm gonna like handcuff you for that you know i'm like, gonna make you my bitch for for a little for a few for like 10 15 minutes you know like just put you in handcuffs and <laughs> put something around your neck <laughs> you know? put, put this ball <laughs> this ball gag on <laughs> my gimp and my bitch <laughs> uh, but yeah you know but yeah I, I think you get the idea so obviously yeah. you know, um i mean that's all path working really is i mean but, and in most cases you're really not working with a sigil you know for that you're just everything's purely meditative mm -hmm. um which is fine you know and a lot of, and a lot of people like it and i think that that's great you know and i tell people i say well do you they're like oh you're not a fan of path working and i'm like well, I mean, it has its merits, you know, and, uh, you know, I, I use what I need to use at the time that I think what, what I think is going to get me the results that I need. Um, path working, I think, is, is really good if you're looking to do like long term work mm -hmm. and, you know, you really want you really, really want to build a relationship with that demon and you really want something to come through with it. That's great. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, that's fine. Um, if. I mean, if, if that's not what you want, you, know, you want something just a little more 
uh, immediate or whatever, you know, you, you need a couple thousand dollars to buy a car, you know, hey, hey, Boone, I need a couple thousand bucks, can you help me out, you know, I mean, evocational work, you know, evocational work, you know what I mean, so, just depends what you need, I think. Yeah, 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 thanks for you know, like eliminating that. Uh, so what, what do you think about uh, mixing? Because like some people have the idea that, you know, like mixing angels and demons, because like, you know, obviously like a lot of right-hand people will work with angels and never demons. And then I mentioned earlier that there's some left-hand pathers that will only work with demons and not angels, but there's like several, several people who do. What do you think about the idea of, I've heard people say like never like call Mikael and then like Boone or something like that. Like, don't mix the two. Like, that's not like a good idea. Well, like, what do you think about that? Yeah, does it just depend on what you're trying to do? Yeah, yeah. I think it's probably depending on what you want to do because Mm -hmm. I can see uh, Mikael as being a bit of a problem in that sense. being fairly protective and not wanting to deal, probably not wanting to deal with something like that. Um, I, I don't, as, as I said, I don't have a problem in it. And I've, I don't have a problem working with either side. Um, and it doesn't have anything to do with, you know, one side working faster than the other or whatever. I mean, it, you, your goal is going to materialize one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's fast or slow, I think it has a matter uh, a lot to do with the universe as far as like what events need to happen for your, you know, your uh, your thing to materialize. You know, if you need money, well, what what needs to happen for that? What needs to take place um, universally, you know, for that to come through in the easiest manner possible? You know, um, so I mean demons are fine for that and angels are fine for that i think demons like to put their stamp on it a little bit more they're like hey i got this for you you know here's my signature you know they like to say i got that for you you know and uh you know i i think they're a little more you know in that type of sense um and and that's fine you know and they are like hey thanks you know you like you know you know up, like give your thanks dude um but as far as uh um, I, I lost my train of thought, like where I was going with this. <laughs> about, about, mix, about mixing the two? Oh, yeah, yeah, about mixing yeah. the two. Um, I, uh, I, I, I don't personally mix the two. Oh, I know where I was going with this. Um, and uh, I'm going to mention um, Bill Dubendak because um, he has a book, a three-part book series that I want to get on black Enochian magic. Black re- Enoch- by black Enochian magic? Yeah, he just wow. released he just released oh. a three book series. I think one of one of them is called Dark Fruit and uh, another one's like uh, The Wandering Angels or something like that. Um you can't find it through Amazon at this point. What I know is it's good. Bill right. Dubin Okay. They're, they're just on Become a Living God. Oh okay okay Okay. Yeah, that's the only place you can get them at this point. I, eventually, I hope they make it to Amazon. But yeah, um, so that actually deals 
I mean, obviously, as as it sounds, you know, the the left hand path side of Enochian magic. Um, so I mean, if if you're like if something like that really really interests you, like you know, how how can I do? How can I work with angels and be a left hand path magician? You know, that might be like you know one way that um, you may want to approach that. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I was just like checking it out. Um, whoops. Sorry about that noise. <laughs> yeah, not bro. Yeah, I put my I threw my phone down and it like knocked over my can over here, my can of tea. Uh, anyway, yeah, I was gonna say like uh, just recently I've been coming across some content creators that are left hand path that uh, work with angels and demons. Not very many of them. Like, uh, yeah, you were the, I think you were the first I came across. And then um, Astrid, Astrid Coyote, she had someone on her, on her channel like a while back. Uh, Uriel something, something, something. I've seen him on Facebook too. Um, I forget his last name, but anyway. Astrid Coyote. I think she's like on my, I think she's like one of my subscribers, if I'm not mistaken. I think she is. I, th I think I've seen like her comment on one of your, one of your videos, I believe yeah. as well. Um, but uh, yeah, you're a, I can't think of the, think of this guy's name, any, but he's like a, he's like a voodoo, a voodoo priest and everything. But um, yeah, Astrid had him on her platform and he was saying that he works with both from time to time he didn't really get very detailed about it but he just says yeah like i'm open i'm open to both both of them they're both of them work they're both it's both magic so you know you yeah, gave i think it's just yeah. a matter of balance you really i mean yeah you know like uh again you know like i i'm a left-hand path but a lot of my people are right-hand path and you know i deal i deal with both sides of it and um it just goes back down to to that idea of knowledge and, and being tolerant and um, not being ignorant of something. You're, you're self-educating yourself. And why wouldn't you want to know about, you know, both sides of the coin? You know, it's there's nothing wrong with it. You know, uh, it just means that you're, you're wanting to be more knowledgeable. And, and that's great. You know, you're just balancing yourself out. Mm -hmm. So, so you never had a problem with like fear or hesitation with it, with it or anything like that, I guess, I no. guess, I guess your Catholic upbringing wasn't so deep where you were like afraid that you were going to get smite, smited or something or anything like that, you know? <laughs> no, no, I, no, I wasn't. No. <laughs> well, that's good. That's good. You know, because like some people get really, really hesitant about it, you know, like, I mean, I yep. run across, um, I mean, yep. like ever since I started doing this podcast and I've gone to like the deeper, deeper occult direction. I can tell you like on Facebook, there's a lot of my friends aren't listening to me. You know, they're just like, <laughs> eh, I don't want to, you know, <laughs> I don't want to hear this stuff, man. This is, you and, know. And, uh, I, and I get that a lot with my subscribers. Um, like, oh, you know, I don't know if I should do this. Uh, and um, I always tell them, I said, if you're brand new to this and you're coming in from another religion, I mean, you, you, you've got to, clear yourself you gotta clean yourself out of that type of programming that's buried in there subconsciously i mean we're, we've all grown up with some type of programming towards money and what our religion is supposed to be and how we're supposed to act and then we have like uh, christians and other and other um 
groups of religious people telling us how we're supposed to act and what type of morals we're supposed to have. And then we've got yeah. our teachers and our parents and our community and then, you know, our, our culture. And, you know, I mean, and, and it's not to say that, that they're bad, you know, for teaching us those things. And they're all trying to teach us uh, how to be better people. And, um, and, you know, some of those things have to do with survivability and stuff like that. But at, at this point in your life, if you're looking at wanting to change, you need to ask yourself, does it serve you at this point in your life? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I talk about that a lot. Like, I'm like really big into financial magic. I do a lot of financial magic. I'm really good with the, now, I mean, do I have money coming out of my ears? No. Am I pretty comfortable though? I mean, with, with my income and stuff that I have. Yeah. I mean, I, I do fairly well, you know, I have a good job. It pays me really well. Um, I get, you know, occasional overtime, which is great getting time and a half pay, you know, and that's mm-hmm. extra money in the pocket. Um, but, um, but I, I tell people, it's like, you have to ask, are you benefiting from that? Mm-hmm. You know, one thing, um, like I, I know one of my videos I put up, I talk about deprogramming yourself, you know, for financial magic. Like you need to, you know, you're dealing with like, I think it's the 72 Sigils of Power by Zana Blaze um, from uh, GOM. I have that book. I haven't actually dove into it, but it's like, I have it. It's like on my reading list. <laughs> and, and I, yeah, and I, and I, and I say, well, here are the, here are the sigils you should be using. And I tell people, it's like, follow along do what you have to do. Use like one sigil a week or two sigils a week. You don't want to do a whole bunch like all at once because then you'll just be overloaded. But take your time with it because obviously you're not going to get rid of your programming in a couple of weeks because this is something that, that's been shoved into your subconscious for like probably most of us probably 20 years, 30 years. You're not going to get rid of it in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. It's going to be, it's, it's going to be like a slow work, you know, um, so let's say you grew up with the idea that greedy, that, that people that had like a lot of money that, um, were greedy. Um, let's say you like, uh, we remember Gilligan's Island with the owls, mm-hmm. you know, um, they're snobby and all that. If, if that's like ingrained in your programming in your subconscious that you think that wealthy people are going to be snobbish and snooty and all that your subconsciousness is going to say you really don't want to be wealthy because you don't want to turn out like this. And so it's kind of like protecting you in that type of sense. Mm -hmm. Although we don't see it in that sense, we still say we want to be wealthy. It's, it's kind of like a roadblock that we have to get through. So you need to ask yourself, do I really believe that? And how is it serving me to believe that? You know, and if it doesn't serve you, you need to say, well, okay, I need to get rid of that then. Like, mm-hmm. you know, what is like a more appropriate um, way to look at it? Well, you know, to me, money usually brings out what's in the person already. So, you know, if they're a good person, they're just going to be a good person. You know, they're going to like want to share it. You know, they might, you know, give a little bit to charity here and there. But I mean, yeah, if you're, if, if you're, a bad person when he's just going to bring that that um, mm-hmm. aspect of you out a lot more 
you know, by having that. So you need, and then you need to like use those particular sigils at that point to remove that programming. And then you want to like reprogram yourself, you know, along the way as well. And I, I, I provide a good amount of sigils for that, like what to do. Um, I was going to put one out there for like, um, healing as far as like, like PTSD or, you know, people that have like, have had, uh, issues where they were attacked or something like that. And they wanted to get rid of psychological programming or whatever, like bad relationships. I never got into doing that video because there were just so many sigils involved, you know, that, that could be involved that I was just like, eh, it seems like it would be like really long, you know, <laughs> I mean, yeah. sure, sure I could probably break it up into a couple of videos, but um, but you know, we need to uh, find out what doesn't serve us anymore and change that so that we can move forward. And so, like I said, you know, I have like a lot of these people come through and I tell them, it's like, you, you if it's not working, either you're missing a step or there's something subconscious there that is saying that by you wanting, by you doing this, you know, you're feeling shameful or something like that. You know, probably you're, you're, you know, if you came from like a Christian background or something like that, we're always told like, oh, well, if you practice, you know, if you want to do something like this, you, that's, that's a bad practice, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've, I've heard it like over and over and over, man. Like one of the, one of the greatest, like, programmings i think that we have in the western world is the fact that we have this god i was thinking about this today man i was talking to a buddy of mine who um who uh, he's a christian he's one of my best friends and i've known him for like damn near 30 years i've known him a really long time and um he knows about my path and what i do he listens he actually listens to my podcast and stuff though you know he doesn't agree with everything that we talk about but he he, he is he's becoming more and more open to different things but uh, i was telling him that you know one of, one of my ideas is that um you know for the last like 2000 plus years we've had this idea of a deity um that has a kingdom of top-down control um and it has been giving a giving us some sort of programming you know like a punishment reward programming based on like good and bad deeds and it has seeped its way into the very fabric into like multiple European societies and, you know, U.S. and Canada to some level, to the point to where when you hear people talk about, you know, uh, virtuous deeds or good deeds here in the West, many people, many people will equate them with Christian values and Christian ethics. Yeah. As if like you can't be a good and virtuous person unless you're Catholic or a Protestant of some sort, you know what I mean? And that's, we all know that that's not true. Right. But um, yeah, a lot of people out there, they just have, it's like so deeply ingrained, like they, like that's within their dialogue and their vocabulary. So that's kind of interesting, you know? So that kind of programming is really um, very hard to get rid of, even for myself, you know, like, I mean, I didn't, my parents never like whipped me to go to church or anything growing up. Um, but we, you know, like I, um, getting into all this other stuff and, you know, finding Buddhism before and things like that. It was just, I was able to see it myself. Like when I would think about cosmology as an example, I would think it was, it was hard for me to conceive certain 
concepts of cosmology because of my upbringing you know like the universe uh you know you if you read like christian cosmology of heaven and hell and earth and then you go read about hinduism it's a completely different <laughs> different thing you know like i mean that the universe is like vastly infinite in you know eastern religions as compared to christianity then when i found like like gnostic uh western cosmology like that it's like oh it's actually a lot more vast you know right so i thought that was kind of interesting and somebody actually i read i read something like on facebook earlier mm -hmm. in one of these groups mm -hmm. that mentioned something like that um said something like i'm I'm actually trying to like look for it. Try to look for it. Yeah, no, yeah, no worries. But uh, I mean, if I find it, I, I mean, that's great. If not, then no, no big deal. But um, <laughs> like I'm following a god for you know something in order to get like some type of reward in the end, in order to, in order to go to heaven or something like that. Um, I. I no, it was, it was something to that effect. Something um, like that. So some kind of, some kind of punishment re reward concept, I guess. Like yeah, yeah, it was like fall yeah, God so I can get a reward and hit the lottery in heaven and be okay for eternity. Yeah, yeah, more or less. And, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I was like, yeah, that's basically like what they say. It's like you know. Yeah. Um, so if only it were that easy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so lucifer uh i have another question for you about uh yeah. theistic lucifer because this is really interesting because you know i had giovanni white on here um a couple, a couple of weeks ago you know and like yep. I, I asked him you know like like who is lucifer he's like oh the higher self i'm like i've never heard that before um mm -hmm. yeah, and there's many different variations of the theistic lucifer too so Coming from a theistic Luciferian pers uh, perspective, is Lucifer a, would you say he is a, pardon me for using this terminology, we don't really use it very much on the path of magic really, but um, is he a god or is he just, or is he like a, an angelic kind of spirit that presides in like a higher celestial realm that is here to help humanity, like achieve Gnosis? Like, a, I guess I'm asking like, who is the theistic Lucifer to you? Well, you know, then this that's one thing about uh, about Luciferianism really is whether mm -hmm. it's theistic or uh, you know, especially theistic Luciferianism is um, we uh, you know each each person is allowed to practice as they as they see fit. So I think in a sense it, He's a god, and I kind of see him as both. Um, yeah, he's a fallen angel, but I still think I still see him as an archangel, you know, in his own right. Mm -hmm. he, he's, he still is an archangel, you know, um, in that aspect. Now, if you look at like a lot of books, like Draconian Ritual book, they have him listed as a god, um, mm -hmm. which I think is fine as well, you know. Um, yeah. him I, I, I probably see him a little bit of both. Um, and I have, which is probably going to be for like another podcast because it'll be like way too long. Um, but, you know, um, as far as like the idea of like humanity, like how we 
how we came to be and whatnot. I, I think that Lucifer, even if you look at the book now, a lot of people say that the snake in the garden was Samuel actually, um, or some people say Samuel, and some people say it was Lilith and you know not Lucifer, um, okay, or Satan for that matter. But um, I think that something happened where Lucifer wanted man to have total free will. Uh, you know, to be able to do what they want to do. And, and actually said, and, and when you when you read it, you know, when this when the snake is talking to Eve, it says, you know, if you partake of this, you know, the fruit of knowledge, you, you will become as gods, plural. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, you know, I think that he wanted that to happen, you know, and, but Yahweh didn't want um, mankind to have that knowledge. Uh, you know, he wanted them to stay in servitude, uh, you know, to be, you know, and, and to, to, to be subservient in that sense. But Lucifer was like, you know, wanted us to have that knowledge. And that was, that's why I see him, you know, that's, that's one aspect of, again, bringer of light. You know, he want, he's like Prometheus, you know, bringing the fire down to man. Very much like, it's a very Prometheus. You know, thing. and, yeah. And, yeah, and and I actually Prometheus, we see we see Prometheus as actually an aspect of Lucifer, actually, just like you know, in in another culture, and fire being that um, symbolic idea of knowledge, you know, that that's contained. So he wanted us to have that, and Yahweh said, "No, I don't want them to have that." So they kind of had to go like a little different approach, and then you know, send in the snake. You know, hey, I'm going to send you in, man, covert. <laughs> let's get this done <laughs> you know and uh, oh, and, uh you know and he, he managed that and he was like oh, okay you know he, there was no pressure there i mean he was like really like yeah that apple looks really freaking looks, tempting looks you know? mighty tasty <laughs> um so uh and i think that that's i think that that, that is um I think that that's great, you know, because I, I, I once had a lady get upset with me one time because I asked her, I said, did you thank Lucifer and Satan today for everything you have? Because <laughs> what? You, she was like, what? I was like, I, I don't, I don't need to thank them. I said, well, you know, technically if that snake didn't tell Eve to eat that apple, you would be running around naked somewhere like and a not naked slave and be a slave somewhere i say because she ate that apple we have science we have textile we have mathematics we have money oh, we man. have architecture i mean you gotta you should be thanking them you gotta think how you gonna do that i said then you need you need to get rid of everything that you have. Get rid of your clothes. I'm not now, but like you need to get rid of your money. Please don't do it now. House, <laughs> go, go, go out in the woods and see if God will take care of you at that point. See if he'll. Oh shit! You know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, man. Yeah, it's 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 just. Um, have you thanked Lucifer today? You know, that that makeup you're wearing, that makeup, 
that's that's a zazzle right it's a there. zazzle man yeah he was he, he taught you how to look good you know <laughs> would not have tiktok without a zazzle you know or so, instagram and all these like women on there like look at my ass i've been working out and i'm wearing makeup <laughs> <laughs> yes, <you know? laughs> just i don't know man I, I think that's a i think that that is a really interesting use of the adversarial energy right there like showing humans how to protect themselves i mean i i would like to fantasize and think azazel might have shown humans in this particular area how to make arms to protect themselves from oppressors like like i fantasize about i should make i should actually make a graphic novel about what happened man. That, that well really i mean cool. technically he he has i mean if you look at it he i mean we did learn blacksmithing uh, you know in that sense so we did make arm arms and armaments and you know we do have gunsmithing now obviously i mean yeah I, when i look at that i see a zazo when i see stuff like that so yeah we're going to teach you how to fight your oppressors <laughs> women you don't have to look at you don't have to walk around so homely and slovenly we're going to make you look beautiful <laughs> and wear this eyeliner here you go and then yahweh came back in town and was like what happened Azazel, you did it. <laughs> you will take the blame. I have, dude, I have, a, I have a real fanciful kind of mind, man. Like that's, but uh, <laughs> now, uh, now yeah. when I um, now when I do evoke or invoke, mm -hmm. um, I do get different feelings uh, when I deal with the angel or a demon. Mm -hmm. You know, okay. Um, it's you know, through you know, we we all get the idea that you know demons sit on the left hand of the left shoulder and angels on the right shoulder and whatnot or you know or at least or some of us were you know brought up in that sense mm -hmm. you know um and I, I feel that myself when i deal with an angelic being i feel that presence on my right hand side okay and, okay you know what i mean like i feel mm -hmm. it on this side of my body when i'm working with the demon i feel with it you know i feel it here on my left side and I will, and I will actually feel it a lot more. Like this is kind of like a softer energy, kind of, you know what I mean. Um, and over here, it's kind of like pressure. I particularly get a lot, like a lot of pressure, like in the ear, mm -hmm. in the back of my head, and it's like, you know. And sometimes when I'm when I'm doing invocations or evocations, and I'm dealing with the demon, and you're you're watching me through a video. Not for doing like one of these things, like, because I because it's it's coming. I can feel it coming through. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's yeah, like you there. Feel like, you feel like a pull <laughs> coming from that that side. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting because like I've heard an occultist before oh, of an occultist. Uh, I can't think of his name, but uh, he was it, it was he was referenced. So I need to like go back and I can find the source. But um, he was saying that like there's like ten thousand angels on your right side, and then like. 50,000 demons on your left side or something like that like so there's like a lot more going on over here than there is over here you know there's a lot more on the left than there is like on the right I mean it was like a reference I've heard once and I thought that was kind of interesting so there's like a ton more demons and it kind of makes sense because the earth plane which is a very interesting plane even though we get frustrated with it from time to time uh, it's closer to the like demonic realms I guess as compared to like the angelic realms which are like much higher like kind of they can almost uh there's like there's like a different a different feel to them you know what i mean mm. 
Mm. Something like that. <laughs> but, but. Um, yeah, so that's, I mean, it, that could be possible. I mean, that's, that's one way of looking at it. Yeah. So. I don't know. I mean, I just heard that before. Like, yeah, like 10,000 angels in your right hand and like 50,000 demons on your own left. It was like a reference I heard once. I'm just kind of like, oh, well, that's a... Actually, um, I'll, I'll go ahead and give the reference now for the listeners. Uh, it was a YouTube channel called titled Esoterica. And I believe the host is a Kabbalist. And he's very Jewish looking, actually. He's got the beard. <laughs> longer longer than my beard. And uh, yarmulke and everything. And it's very detailed work like very detailed videos on like Kabbalistic magic, Solomonic magic, um, ceremonial magic, deep, like they have several videos about demons and it's like he made a reference in the video about Solomonic magic. Since Solomonic magic, you know, uses angels and demons, but um, the main difference between that and demonolatry would be obviously demonolatry. You don't, you, you don't contain the demons. You just kind of like, Sort of do what you do in a way, kind of, if you want to. And in some uh, Solomonic magic, um, you will you invoke the names of God and the angels to help contain the demons. And Solomon, King Solomon, according to the legends, encased them in brass jars. <laughs> right, right. Now bound them up, you know. <laughs> so um, I don't know. Um, the demons are a little bit they're like, like I always kind of joke a little bit i'm a big metal metal fan heavy metal listener you know mm-hmm. um i love metal music man and i always i always say that the demons are just more metal as far as like spirits are concerned you know they're like the most metal spirits available you know right <laughs> they're certainly very popular for things like that you know <laughs> i know cheesy joke audience cheesy joke but yeah anyway yeah yeah anyway man um did you want to Go ahead and close with anything else um, about your path, or and we kind of covered a, a lot, man. It was uh, we did, and it's it's pretty cool. Uh, I think we like went well over that <laughs> that time. <laughs> oh, that's all. Yeah, I mean, it, it literally happens all the it happens all the time. It's uh, it's totally cool. Like I'm not no, no, I'm not worried about that. That's uh, have no limits. No. So yeah, I'm on. No, I'm on Facebook. Um, trying to. I mean, if you want, I can like send you the link to my facebook um profile if you want to like add it add it yes add me to facebook if any if any listeners want to add me to facebook as well uh my name is bodhi mind on facebook b-o-d-h-i-m-i-n-d and uh, i have a rather small youtube group a private group called lords of chaos and of course you can find me here at the far side of midnight and once again, Mr. Lemouth, that's how you say your name? Yeah. Steve Lemouth, where can we find you? Where can, where can listeners find you again? Let's give your, so Facebook and you're on YouTube. Uh, right? Yeah, I'm on Facebook, um, just facebook.com uh, slash uh, Stephen.Lemouth. That's spelled uh, L-A-M-O-T-H-E uh, dot five um, backslash there. Uh, I'm sure there's a couple Stephen Lemoths on there. Uh, just, <laughs> just look for the one with the crow on it. Uh, that's that's my picture there. Uh, as far as finding me on YouTube, um, just look for S 
space Lamothe, uh, again, L-A-M-O-T-H-E, um, or you can do like search for like Gallery of Magic, uh, book reviews or stuff like that. Um, I'll probably end up popping it up. Uh, again, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna probably do those, uh, do that follow along series at, at one point um, on my channel. I gotta try to find some, some time here. <laughs> trying to uh, do a merch store. I don't know if I'm going to do it through Shopify or Wix or something like that, but I'm, I'm trying to come up with some merch, uh, either either for my channel or just something separate. Because I've I've had a couple things. Uh, I've done like jewelry making in like classes in the past and all that. I'm trying to figure out like you know what I really want to do. You know, bring in some extra cash, mm -hmm. um, and then kind of go from there. Uh, so that. yeah well thanks for coming on on my show man i really really liked having you on man um uh, i'd like to have you on again at some point too so um yeah shout out to steve lamoth everybody thanks for listening and i will see you next time and remember listen to lucifer and thank him for having clothing and all those wonderful things. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> I really hope my family members aren't listening to this. They're like, oh my God, what's wrong with you? Uh, anyway. <laughs> anyway, take it easy, everybody. <laughs> All right. Take care.